Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. They're each one of a kind. They're Cabbage Patch Kids. You can give them all your love. Cabbage Patch. So there's your hint as to uh, one of the winners of this year's nominee uh, or entries into the National Toy Hall of Fame at the Strong National Museum of Play. I'll be honest, I don't remember who we picked. I don't either. Uh, although, I mean, the ones that <laughs> the ones that went in, I think, awesome. were pretty. You know, really. Let me let me bring up my notes and see if I actually wrote any of this stuff down. But I, I do have the list of nominees and the list of winners in front of me, so we can kind of mm-hmm. compare and contrast a little bit. I, I think there is a. Uh, there's a bit of bitter irony in the fact that just Ken didn't make it. (laughs) Yeah. Here's, it was a tough crowd this year. Like usually every year there's a list and then there were a few of them on there where you think, oh, that's not getting in. You know, there, there were a few this year. I mean, it was, it was a big list. This, this was tough competition this year. If you don't know about this, we talk about this all the time because it's just one of my favorite stories of the year. This is in Rochester, New York. Uh, This is the Strong National Museum of Play. I think for about 20 years, maybe 15 years, they've done this museum and they've done the National Toy Hall of Fame. They announced 10 nominees in September and then two months later, they announced who's getting in. This year, they also did a fan favorite. And so they took a list of toys that were nominated, nominated and just never got in and then said, okay, we're going to put them in their own separate category and pick one. So to go back to the list of nominees, these, these were all of the nominees. Some of these got in, some of them didn't. Baseball cards, Battleship, the you know, the game that you sank my Battleship, Bingo, Bop It, Cabbage Patch Kids, the Choose Your Own Adventure game books, which was my my personal, you know, sort of heart in it favorite, which did not make the list, by the way. Connect Four, The Little Tykes Cozy Coop, Nerf Toys, Slime, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Ken. That was a t- that's a tough list. That is a tough list. There's a I mean, lot of cases you could make for all of those. Out of the 12, 9 or 10 easily could have gotten in. Mm-hmm. Um I mean like yeah, and so what's interesting about this year's winners is that usually they pick something that is I never know the right word for this. Not brand specific. Like the pet rock got in one year. Yes. You know, the jump rope got it. Like things like that that aren't a branded toy. This is not one of those years. 
Yeah, the closest thing I think to that, because there are so many different manufacturers of them, would be baseball cards, which yeah. did make it in. But you're right. There's there's no just you know generic a, a toy that we have, like the hula hoop is in, and the, uh, the the you know the two that you mentioned, those kinds of things that we would associate with just being around, you know, mm-hmm. and not associate with any particular company. Not so much. Generic is the right word. Yeah. And it's a word I need to remember because I struggle with this every year trying to think what to call that. Okay. So the um, of those 12, and then we'll talk about the uh, the fan favorite list here in a second. So John mentioned baseball cards did get in. Cabbage, catch, cabbage Patch Kids, which I think I said, I think I get because that was just so close to my heart. Yeah. Cabbage Patch got in and so did Nerf Toys. And that covers everything Nerf. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, from the just the, the old Nerf ball, the very first thing that they ever had, to the Nerf football, to the Nerf whatever, it's it's all in now. Uh, they, it, as a matter of fact, Good Morning America, who did the segment with the National Toy Hall of Fame this morning to announce all of this, they put a bunch of links up to places where you could buy this. They even had the Nerf Extreme Challenge Digital Target. <laughs> so you wow. can, yeah, you can buy that thing if you want. Also making it in, and I think we all predicted that this one would make it, is the Fisher-Price Corn Popper because every little toddler kid had one. Yeah, And still to. does. Yep. Still does. Um, so the Forgotten Five, uh, the Corn Popper won. The other nominees were the Pogo Stick, My Little Pony, which is what I might have guessed, if not the Corn Popper. Mm-hmm. The Pez Dispenser, which I know baffled me entirely because I don't think it's a toy. <laughs> and Transformers were the others. Yeah, interesting that the Transformers didn't make it in on that list and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles didn't make it in on this list. Um mm-hmm. not that the you know the cartoons themselves are comparable to each other, but as as character toys that were based off of essentially, you know, based off of a cartoon that neither one of them made the cut. And our, you know, usually one of the things they look at is did it become, uh, were there other iterations of it? And so Teenage Mutant b- became movies that we still, that are still out. Yep. And toys and TV show, and same with Transformers. I mean, I remember the toys, but that became a movie and that became TV show and cartoons and all that kind of stuff. I figured Slime had a pretty good chance. I think it'll get in. I, yeah. I, I don't think this is its one and only shot. I think Slime will definitely be there. I mean, shoot, we we tried making it in the studio five or six years ago. I mean, that's how you can, you know, there are recipes online where you can try to make that yourself. I just, so. I, th- I think it's funny that that has grown such a life of its own via Nickelodeon and, uh-huh. that, and that very few of us remember what the actual origins of it were. Because it was a kids show out of Canada that Nickelodeon picked up back in the uh, in the early '90s called "You Can't Do That on Television," uh-huh. and the deal was if you said the words "I don't know" on that show, green slime would just fall on you out of nowhere. So th- that's that's where it began. But then, I mean, it became the symbol of Nickelodeon's network for a good decade or more, even after that show was long since off the air. That show, by the way, also the very first vehicle for Alanis Morissette. Go on. When she was a little girl, she was on that TV show. She she did a couple of seasons as one of the kids on You Can't Do That on Television. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow, whoever would have guessed. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> That's how she started. Uh-huh, so she's there getting slimed on TV, and then she's writing angry women music later on and becoming ultra-famous. Uh, slime was created in 1976. I wonder what the original slime looked like. Original it was, slime, if I remember right, it was, it was oatmeal... 
and flour and water. They, they did the formula one time uh, when slime was becoming the thing that it was. What it's made out of now is nothing like that, but the stuff that they used on the TV show was kind of gloopy. It was sold in a plastic trash can. Yep. Uh, manufactured by Mattel, as one would imagine. Uh, the late 1970s also introduced a slime monster board game. Uh, the object of the game was to avoid having your game piece slimed <laughs> by a plastic monster that had slime oozing from its mouth. This sounds like a nightmare for parents. No I kidding. hear this and I think this goes everywhere. Mom, he got slime on the dog again. <laughs> I can see it happening. The slimes were later added to toy sets. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have a slime line made by Playmate. Slime um, line? Ew, that sounds like slugs. Um, Double Dare was the other one on Nickelodeon that used it. That was yes. the one I remember a little more yep. is, is Double Dare. Um, With Mark huh. Summers. Whatever What's happened to that to? guy? Yeah, I was just going to say. That's what I was like. He's, he's got to be. I know he produced a lot of the show. Like after his stint on Double Dare originally, is he was the original host, if I'm not mistaken, that, that he produced a bunch of those shows later on and wasn't on camera anywhere near as much. He actually, I just had to make sure I was right about this. He actually went on to do a ton of producing for the Food Network. And I had to make sure I was Makes right. Makes sense. Uh, he did Unwrapped for Food Network, which if I'm not mistaken, that was... He hosted um, that true. Yes. Yeah, I, I do remember that show. Yeah, and then he did uh, Dinner Impossible and Restaurant Impossible. I cannot think of that guy's name, but the big buff guy did those. Um, but he just produces a lot of... I don't know how... Gordon uh, something? Not Gordon nope. Ramsay, but uh, uh, am I thinking of the wrong guy? Ho um, host of Dinner Impossible... Um, what's this guy's name? Robert Irvine. Robert Irvine. Yes. Okay. You're Big right. Big yeah. muscles the size of my head. Yes. That dude had trapezius muscles. The ones that stick up above your shoulders in the back that went like halfway up his neck. It was, it was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, he was not, I didn't know all this about him. Double dare, super sloppy, double dare family. Do he did all those. Yeah. And then moved to the Food Network eventually. There was also huh. one, uh, there was another show, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that he was involved in this one too, where the kids played video games against each other. Um, huh. you know, things like Donkey Kong and, and that. Uh, I, don't, I, I honestly don't even remember the name of the show at this point, but uh, I'm pretty sure he was involved in that one too, and that was popular for a minute. Did we cover all the toys? I think I so. Think so. Yeah. Okay, so, so those all. are the ones that got in. Um, and then they get a special showcase at the Toy Hall of Fame. And Yay. This is the first year they did that Forgotten Five. You know what? So Here's here's a little, uh, here's what I'll do is I'll commit to this since it's only about an hour and a half away is that next year we're going up to Buffalo for the eclipse. Uh, oh, cool. For the big 2024 20, solar eclipse because it goes right over Niagara Falls. So we're going to go up there to the falls. Um, and I'm going to be up there for a little while. So while we're there, we'll make the the trek finally because I've never been inside, and we'll do a little you know picture taken and do a little tour maybe for uh, bring the listeners along and and do something on Facebook. I got very close to it. I was in that I was up um, in the Finger Lakes early this year. Oh yeah, and okay. I I got within twenty miles up like Canandaigua area. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't didn't have the half day. Um, to go and check it out. Well, you never have to twist my arm to drag me to Rochester because one of the best guitar stores in the entire world is there. <laughs> so <laughs> and now my wife's listening going, oh, no, we're going to House of Guitars. Yes. Yes, we are. The Toy Hall of Fame is the only thing I know about Rochester. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot to know. I mean, you've got pretty views of Lake Ontario. That's really about it. 
Okay. Again, I love that Finger Lakes area. I get there yeah. every few years, but that's Pretty. that's what I know about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll take a break here. Coming up next, we go to Florida for this next one. Again, we have another story about who should be responsible for paying paying for things. In this case, when contractors don't pay their bills, who should have to pay for that? Get to that coming up on KMBZ. Off to Florida for this next one here uh, about what happens when your contractor doesn't pay up. Yikes is what happens. And of course, somebody comes to you for the money. There's a guy by the name of Tim Jones, and he bought a place in St. Petersburg, Florida. I And I would love to know if you happen to know how the laws, if at all, differ around here if something like this happens, because this is terrifying. This guy buys a house and figures, okay, there's a few things that have to be done to the house before it's move-in ready. So he wanted to have the roof done. Uh, and there were a couple of other things that were, uh, you know, that needed to be fixed up. Had a part of the bathroom replaced, had an air conditioning unit replaced, that kind of thing. The entire bill was more than $24,000 worth of stuff. Because where he was in South St. Petersburg, a lot of those houses went up in the 50s and the 60s. And by now, they, they need that. So um, he hired a, a general contractor. General contractor came in, did all the work. That wasn't the problem. The problem was he didn't pay his suppliers. The general contractor didn't. Not the guy who had the work done, but the general contractor did not pay some of his suppliers, one of whom was the roofing supply guy. So instead of going after the general contractor, the roofing supply guy went after the homeowner. Yeah, the story says the roofing company was very specific about the payments to them. He said at the end of each day when the supplies were delivered, they wanted full payment for the supplies. And the homeowner says he paid it. So it was paid in three different increments. The last one was done the day after they finished. Um, and so he said he thought he had paid in full. At least he thought he had until he got a letter in the mail less than a month later from the supply company for the roofer saying him there was a lien on his home for $6,500. I feel like we got to connect the dots here. He pays the contractor the $24,000. He pays the roofing company separately for supplies? Yep. Okay. So did the roofing company not pay the money to the supplier? It, it seems like, um, you know, that, that after the roof was on, he said he paid in full. Um, and yeah, because yeah, it says the roofing company had not, had not yet paid for the supplies. And I'm not sure where they ended up getting the shaft here, whether he paid the money to the contractor who then paid it or was supposed to pay it to the roofing supply company. But one way or the other, they said they didn't get paid, at least not all that they were owed. So because even though he used a general contractor who was supposed to pay for all of this stuff, that uh, because Florida law is written as it is, that roofing company, the supply company, can say, okay, we didn't get paid for this. We're going to put a lien on this guy's house. So now he's got a $6,500 lien on his house for something that he feels like he paid. I say he already paid it once. Yeah. And it sounds like he paid it directly to the roofing company, which then didn't pay the supplier for the supplies. I'm confused about where the contractor comes in here. Yeah, um, it, it is. It's a mess, uh, the, the way that this is written, because it's this labyrinthine thing. Um, but, yeah, according to 
Uh, let's see. I'm trying to figure out who they're talking to here. Pinellas County Consumer Protection Manager Jason Oman. Thank you. And he mm-hmm. said uh, they said according to state law, they could put a claim of lien on someone's home until they get their money from the roofing company. Uh, so you had a roofing subcontractor. That's see, that's where we're getting screwed up here. Mm-hmm. So there was a roofing company that was acting as the subcontractor who actually did the work. He was paying the roofing company the money to For pay the supplies. to pay the supplier. That's where that's where it all fell down is that the roofing company didn't pay the supplier for the supplies as they were supposed to. And that's why they they said, look, we got shafted here. But I mean, how is it that they're able to put a lien on this guy's house instead of going after the roofing company, the ones who did the work, who didn't pay them? And we'll get to your comments here in a second. Here's what they said. If he doesn't again, he's already paid this once. So he so it's the roofing company that has that money that is not paying the supplier. They said if he doesn't pay, the supply company could foreclose on the entire home. Again, 6,500 bucks is all we're talking about. Yep. The supply company could foreclose on the entire home. She can't just take the roof off and run away with it. Entire home, roof and all. He can either pay the lien or fight it in court. Wouldn't it be easy to prove that he paid the roofing company for these supplies? Yeah, but he would then have to sue them. Which which shouldn't be his responsibility because mm-hmm. he paid the money. But that's I think that's where this is eventually going to go is that the state of Florida is going to tell him, you sue the roofing company who didn't pay them, who didn't pay the supplier, get your money from them, then pay the supplier with it. But in the meantime, like you said, they could foreclose on his house. Now, you figure, and this, this is just, you know, again, they, they didn't tell us what the value of the home was, unfortunately. But a home like that, a single-family home, probably a ranch-style a place you're going to be able to get that kind of work done for $24,000 in Coquina Key, you're probably talking $200,000, $225,000. So over a $6,500 bill, uh-huh. they could foreclose on a quarter of a million-dollar house. What I don't understand here is the homeowner didn't have a contract with the supplier. Yes. I assume the contract that the homeowner had was with the roofing company. Correct. So why isn't the supplier going after the roofing company that they had an agreement with? Well, and it, and it may even be one step removed from that because his contract may have only been with the general contractor who then mm-hmm. subbed out the roofing job to the roofing company. So, wow. yeah, even though he was paying them, I mean, there are all these layers in between. And really what this ends up being is a case where he's being held responsible for something he had no control over. Uh, this is unbelievable. And the law has been there for a long time. Yeah. Well, Florida. <laughs> we'll, go, <laughs> right? we'll, we'll go to the phones. And if you've had experience like this, if you've had something like this go on, it's been a long time since I've had that work done where you hire a general to come in and do everything and, you know, and take care of everything. And then you have to deal with subcontractors and things like that. If you know the ins and outs of the law around here, this is something I think we all need to learn a little bit more about. How about Jacob in Platte City? Hi, Jacob. All right, so we have the same thing around here. It's called a mechanics lien. It applies to many things, and ready-mix concrete included. You pay your concrete finisher to pour your patio. They do it. They don't pay the ready-mix company. And then we, we need our money, so that's how that works. And I'm, gonna read, I'm looking at my delivery ticket right here in front of me, and I'll read you exactly what it says. Notice to owner. Failure of this contractor to pay those persons supplying material or services to complete contract can result in the filing of a mechanics lien on the property to avoid a result of 
or you may ask the contractor for lien waivers to prevent you from paying for materials twice. So you have to work that out with the contractor before you sign the original contract. Yep, or pay for, or uh, completely avoid or completely avoid any of the hassle at all and just pay for the materials yourself. Why? Okay, I have, I have two questions about that. First of all, why isn't it the job of the supply company to go after the people who didn't pay them, the subcontractor? Um, usually that happens first. Most of, I mean, it goes back to like we've talked about in a couple other cases of people being sued. They ain't got no money to pay it. Yeah. Uh, okay. You, you can't sue somebody ain't got money to pay you. So once, once you go down that road and you're still empty-handed, you've got to go next best route. It's just like car repossession. You you go on for so long. Hey, pay me, pay me my money. You don't, then you repossess the car because you got to do something. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, having a middleman in there just seems like a mess. Jacob, thanks. Uh, yeah, my other question, I'm going to just sort of throw this one out there and ask the universe is, if that's the case, and you you have to think that because those rules are in place, this kind of thing happens all the time, where yeah. the supply companies get shafted by a subcontractor. Okay, if I'm the if I'm the supply company then, I'm not delivering a thing until I get my money. It also makes me think, I mean, they didn't wait very long. The work was done, and this lien came less than a month later. Yeah. I'm annoyed that the supply company just did the lien instead of trying to call him or, you know, and take some steps first before you just put the lien on the property. Yeah, and can you do it? If, if you're the consumer, can you do it where you just pay the supply company directly and yeah. then and then give the roofing company whatever their cut of it is because handing them all the money and trusting them to pay the supplier sounds like a really bad idea for the consumer we have a bunch of you on hold hang with us here uh we'll get to all your calls next on kmbz worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. 
Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, who should be responsible for making sure that everyone actually gets their money when it's been paid for a home renovation project? Yeah, and, you know, all the things that um, that we just talked about with mechanics liens and all of that, all that does is make me think that if I'm the subcontractor, I have no reason in the world to pay my suppliers ever. No. It's <laughs> you know, not your problem. The, yeah, right. They're just, just going to put a lien on the guy's house and then take his house away. So, yeah, what have I got to lose? Let's go to Shannon in Kansas City. She's got some experience here. Hi, Shannon. Hey, guys. Hey, so uh, kind of agreeing with what Jacob, the previous caller, was talking about. With uh, We have almost the same exact verbiage. I'm with a local roofing company here in Kansas City. And, you know, we do offer, you know, lien waivers to homeowners what they've requested. Uh, now, that lien waiver is uh, only for... Uh, my company has nothing to do with my suppliers. And if I let my homeowners know, if you want my subs to uh, give a lien waiver, we would have to, you know, I'd have to get with the subs and get with our suppliers and supply a lien waiver on top of that. So um, it it sucks whenever insurance or homeowners do this, you know, get this kind of situation. We see it all the time in this industry. These fly-by-night companies come in and they're gone and, you know, leaving the homeowners up and with, with nothing. And yeah, so... It happens more frequently than you think. <laughs> oh, no, I, I would grant that it probably does because, like we just said, I mean, what's if, if I'm the subcontractor, what's my impetus, you know, what, what, what's my motivation to pay anybody? Uh, except yeah. you know, they'll, they'll never work for me again, but at least I've got my money. Um, uh, is, is As the consumer, how do you protect yourself? What do you do? I mean, yeah, I mean, as for those lien waivers, um, you know, the problem is, you know, these mechanic liens, they're only as good as, you know, they're – there's nothing that can happen with them until you up and until you're selling your home. Yeah. When you try to sell your home, that's when it gets popped. And in, in like that person in Florida, you know, they can't get, they can't sell that home or, or whatever else. So, um, you know, for homeowners need to ask for lien waivers. Um, if, uh, if the company is not willing to give them a lien waiver, they need to run and find somebody else that will. So, gotcha. um, it says right on our, right on our contracts, you know, we'll supply lien waivers if they ask for it. And just go from there. So a good, a good reputable company will will follow through and give you a lien waiver. Got it. All right, Shannon. Thanks. Yeah, really. If, if they balk at that, you might want to ask them why. <laughs> you just protect yourself. How did this law get on the books in Florida? Yeah. Well, apparently it's on the books here too. I, I think the the maybe the main difference with what he just said versus what we're talking about here is that uh, he said around here. All they can do is take the money at closing if you try to sell the house. Where in Florida, they're saying this guy, the the, the company could foreclose. Again, the house is worth 200, whatever it is. Yeah. And over $6,500, they can take the house. Unbelievable. Um, We'll go back to it. And Ray in North Kansas City is up next. Hi, Ray. Hey, how we doing? Couldn't be better, Ray. What's happening? Good. Okay. Many years ago, I had my driveway redone. I had two beds. One guy was $100 higher, which I hired. My wife says, why don't you hire the cheapest bidder? 
I said, because I know the guy that's $100 higher. In fact, I know what bar I can find him in if we have a problem. Another friend hired the cheapest bidder. Got to pay twice. My advice is you deal with people you know or that you can find something out about. You don't just hand some guy a check that shows up because that's not a business-like way to do business at all. Sure. You need to know something about the people you're doing business with. And if they don't, it's their own fault. Yeah, I I get that. And thank you. Thanks very much for the call. I mean, that's why you always want to do your research and go with somebody. I mean, <laughs> uh, previous caller, I think it was Mike, used the term fly-by-night company. Yeah, mm-hmm. go to Florida. <laughs> that's I mean, they're absolutely everywhere down there. So you do have to, you, you know, you've got your own research and your own due diligence that you need to do on that stuff. But I just I, I go back to the roofing supply company and say, okay, if you're in Florida and you know that, you've got to figure that the the reason why this happened so quickly is that that roofing supply company does deal with this all the time. So why on earth are you not making people making those subcontractors pay you before you deliver your supplies? Especially because, like the story pointed out, that supply company was very somebody was very particular about getting the payment for those supplies right away. Yeah. I mean, he said there were those three payments. They were serious about getting that money. So again, so the the roofing company just pockets it. Yeah, and then like how it, did yeah. they not just pocket it all? I mean, why would they ever pay a supplier then? Yeah. It becomes a supplier's problem. Because they're not the only supplier there. So, yeah, until you exhaust everybody. And, and I mean, you, your family was in the restaurant business. My family was in the restaurant business. I, I'm sure people are probably familiar with restaurateurs who do the exact same thing and get deliveries of all kinds of food product and things like that and don't pay. Oh, don't get me started. Right. And then when they and when that supplier finally gets sick of them, they just go to another supplier and say, fine, I'll get my cheese from this guy. Okay, so if you want to do any lobbying of your lawmakers, this seems like one that we should change. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that I just I mean, learned about today. I have to pay for my stuff before I get my stuff. So yeah. so why shouldn't they have to pay for their stuff before they get it? It's a much better way to do business. Exactly. All right. Speaking of the law, now we go to Oregon for this next one. And if if you have any experience with the legal profession, tell me if this is common. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope is, not. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. And uh, yeah, Oregon is going to, because of a change in the law uh, that's coming, I believe, next year, they're no longer going to make you pass the bar in order to practice law in the state of Oregon. Boy, that sounds like it'll go swimmingly, right? There couldn't possibly be any problems with that. Okay. I want to compare this to other professions. Let's go through the other professions that make you prove proficiency in the job before you can do the job. Like, and this is anybody that has to be licensed. Teachers. Yeah. In fact, that the hoops that you have to jump through to get your teaching license are ridiculous. So teachers, we can put doctors in that list. Who else is in that list of people that have to get, I mean, we make hairstylists get licensed for crying out loud. <laughs> That's true. I hadn't even thought about that, but you're right. Um, and, and there are, there are, like, I'm thinking cop, where you have to go through an academy yes. of some kind. The, the, where there are tests. Yes. And along the way, yeah. right, you have to you have to pass certain things in order to get there. Now, what they're going to do, I mean, it's not like they're just not like anybody <laughs> can just walk into a courtroom willy nilly unless you're representing yourself. That's the only way that they're going to mm-hmm. let you get away with that because um, by law they have to. 
But they said after law school, instead of the bar, now there will still be an Oregon bar. There will still be an Oregon bar exam, but you don't have to pass it. They say candidates will spend 675 hours working under the supervision of an experienced attorney and create a portfolio of legal work that bar officials will then grade as though they had taken the exam. Do you know what this feels like to me? Do you remember in Georgia when in COVID uh, we didn't make kids go and take the driver's test to get their license? Instead, they just had to fill out this log and mom and dad just said, yeah, they know how to drive. Right. They took mom and dad's word for it. This, Yeah, you're right. This is exactly the same thing. Only they're asking other attorneys, okay, is this person any good? And then grading their courtroom work, which, by the way, to me seems nightmarish, like okay, how many people with the Bar Association in Oregon are going to have to do nothing now but spend all their time looking over <laughs> every legal thing that these these prospective lawyers did under the tutelage of the uh, of the, the attorneys that are already there to make sure that they're good at their job? It also doesn't prove whether they know the law. Yes. Um, attorneys tend to specialize. So what if you, you know, do this supervision with an attorney that specializes in criminal law, but you want to go into real estate law at some point? There is no proof whether you know real estate law. It, it even gets a little more nuanced than that because there are a couple of other states that already do something like this that have a quote unquote alternative licensing for, for attorneys. But the difference is that you have to be graded by attorneys in that state where what they're doing in Oregon is also going to, they're going to open this up to people who move in from other states so that you don't have to pass. Like if you already passed the bar in New York, that you wouldn't have to then pass the Oregon bar, which is weird because as we've been over several times on this show, laws aren't the same in every state. What's the problem with just having people take the bar exam? (laughs) Why did this change happen? Yeah. Yeah. Because that seems like a simple thing to just give everybody. Uh-huh. Get, just get rid of the bar exam and have a score. Now, if, if you were looking for a devil's advocacy position, I don't necessarily believe this is reason to do that. But some people are better test takers than others. And yes. I would hate to have somebody who knew their stuff and would be able to be a very proficient courtroom attorney not have the ability to do that because they just were a lousy test taker. The kind of people who, you know, before they took the SATs, had to go in the bathroom and throw up for half an hour, that sort of thing. But I I, I can't think that that's a good reason to go this far with it. Then give alternative versions of the test. Give give different exa- give that examination in different ways then. Yeah. You know, put a higher time limit on it. Whatever you have to do. Let's go to Kansas City and bring Davey in, see what he's thinking. Hey, Davey. Hey guys, how you doing? Great show. Great. Interesting topic. Long time ago, um, right when I got out of school, I ended up getting a real estate license, which was very, very difficult. And then every year after that, as a point with Oregon, I'd have 40 hours of continuing education, you know, just to keep the license current. For, for real estate, but not for lawyers. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah, that makes no sense at all. Yeah, you're just going to let these guys lose on the general population. Yeah. Um, is there a better way to do it than taking a test, than sitting down and taking an exam? I don't know. I mean, the real estate exam was two parts, and it was it was tough. I mean, it was very tough. The fallout rate was probably at least 50% didn't pass it. So, yeah. you know, just, just a little aside. Okay. Um, I don't know if they would make... You know, in the, the continuing education, most fields do require 
you know, you go back for, and you sit and you're, you know, you go back and you, you get more education. And that is a requirement to keep that license current. Yeah. Doctors. Yeah. Proficiency exams and things yeah. like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Davey, Have thanks. A great show, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, appreciate thanks. it. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. I'm okay with the real estate exam being hard. Yeah. There's a lot of money at stake well, and you knowing what you're doing. And like with the bar exam, if you wash out based on the tests, it's not like you never get to take it again. Right. Yeah. They let you retake it and then you kind of know, you know, parts that you messed up on and that kind of thing. I don't, um, where's the money in this? That's because I can't figure out why this is changing. Where's the money? Yeah. Does, and where's does, the lobby? And is Oregon in a position where they just need that many more lawyers that we're going to lower the bar a little bit for them? So that is that it? Is that because we have a hard time getting lawyers? Are, are we lacking people getting in the law profession? Maybe, but do you really want that guy representing you? Well, and it's concerning because more states are considering alternatives to the bar exam. I mean, California's looking at it. Think about how many lawyers California produces. Yeah, you know, maybe some of the answer to that is, is what you and he both brought up, which is the idea of specializing. So mm -hmm. that if, if you're going to be, for example, a real estate lawyer or an entertainment lawyer or whatever, that, you know, maybe what you do is you narrow it down and take a bar exam that's specific to that specialization. Now, that would limit what you were able to do in practice, too, but I'd be okay with that. That's what teachers do. Sure. I mean, if you're, if you're going to teach high school, you special, you have to do, Con, Colin's not on your head. Yeah, you have to do kind of a general, I know how to teach exam, a pedagogy exam. Yes. But then you only take the test for the content area that you specialize in. Yeah. I didn't have to pass a test to show I can teach math. Yeah, I, I don't care if my history teacher knows calculus. Right. It, it doesn't make any difference. So, yeah, I, I'm, boy, maybe we need to call the Oregon Bar. Hey, once dudes, again, solving we got an problems. Idea. That's right. <laughs> we'll figure it out no matter what it is. We'll figure out the solution. Uh, let's get to a quick call here. Uh, Maddie is next up in Olathe. Hi, Maddie. Hi, guys. Um, so I am in my last year of law school, and I am taking the bar uh, in Kansas next July. Good luck. And thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you guys made some really good points, but the bar exam is nearly pointless um, because of all the reasons that you said. You just said it on the other side. So basically what the bar exam is is you go through your three years of law school, um, you take the general courses, <clears throat> you graduate, and then you, it, it's like highly advised against not taking and paying for a 10 week course to get you ready for the bar. Um, and the things that are, you're going to be tested on, on the bar are things that you might not even actually practice with things that you were never actually taught in law school. Um, and it's just, it's kind of a waste of time. Uh, so those states that have been looking at that specialization style, um, it may work for some states, what you guys are talking about, where it kind of depends on, will you have enough attorneys to actually be able to supervise these people? And, and how will you be able to qualify them all? That's like where the issues come in. But the main reason that the bar exam is still around is quite frankly, just greed and money. What does it cost to take it? I mean, I know the course is probably expensive, but is there a cost involved in just sitting and taking the test in the first place? It is $700 to apply Ooh. to take the bar exam. Okay. That's not nothing. But yeah. that, to me, um, that's a reason bar... to keep it. That's a reason for the bar association to keep it so that they can have the money. <clears throat> so there's also a test that you have to take before, and it's basically the ethics test. 
Um, you have to pay to take that as well, um, which is also run by, I think it's National Conference of Bar Examiners or something like that. Um, but they also are the people that can help fund uh, the prep courses that you have to take. Okay. It's like it's just a whole system uh, kind of based around money. Pretty much. Lawyers take an ethics test. The jokes write themselves. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, again, thank you for the information. And again, good luck on the bar exam. We'll be looking forward to hearing if you pass. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Take care. All right. We're going to get to a break here. Uh, we'll get to more of your calls next on KMBZ. In Oklahoma, they say, or excuse me, in Oregon, starting next year, you will no longer have to pass the bar exam to be a lawyer. Seems a little odd to us. Got just about a minute. We'll skip right to Macy in Kansas City. Hi, Macy. Hey. What do you know? So I'm a nurse, and uh, so what you're describing is is technically what doctors go through. It's, it's a residency. So, like, you would have to, Oregon would have to figure that out. But then what the, the previous gal was talking about was that the bar exam is useless. Same thing with nurses. Nothing what, that Nurses happens. are useless? I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the exam that we have to take. Ah, okay. Yeah, so all of nursing school, you're going through what's called NCLEX world, and that's the exam that we all have to take. But that's not reality, and so every nurse, most of them at least, um, whenever they graduate and actually get a nursing job, don't know how to be a nurse because nursing school doesn't teach you that. You're you're being taught how to pass an exam, mm-hmm. essentially. And so, I mean, it might work. It probably will. And, and, and then especially, too, you're talking about $1,000 to take an exam. Same thing with nurses. You're paying almost two, three hundred dollars to take a test. Yeah. So it, the residency thing, I think, is an, an interesting uh, kind of uh, analog to all of that because in that case, you don't need to add any employees to the bar to grade the stuff. You have the lawyers themselves graded and then just pass the information to the bar. Right. But Got then it. you would also have to find. It also then becomes like a uh, liability issue too. Because oh, the doctors yeah. that work in teaching hospitals, a lot of the time, they those doctors, the residents, are working under a supervising provider. Got it. All right. We've got to go for the top, Macy, but great information. Thank you. All right. We'll take a break. Coming up in the next hour, you ask to have your sandwich cut in half. Apparently, that can mean a lot of different things. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 